This is a Culture Inject production. The Nevers Podcast presents Firefly Back in the Skies. decide to stab me in the back. Have the guts to do it to my face. Hello, welcome back listeners to our retrospective series Firefly Back in the Skies. I'm Laura. And I'm Tyg. And this week we're watching Ariel. So a quick synopsis for this episode. Hard up for cash, Serenity takes on a job from Simon. Break into an Alliance hospital on Central World, Ariel, so that he can get a thorough diagnostic of River and the crew can loot the valuable stores of medicine. But River's pursuers are hot on their trowel and they receive some unexpected inside help. This aired originally on November 15th, 2002. Cast and crew, we've got the usual players with guest appearances from Jeff Ricketts, Dennis Cockrum and Tom Virtue. This episode was written by Jose Molina and directed by Alan Croker. Some production history and a few interesting facts. Jeff Ricketts, who portrayed Hand of Blue number two in this episode, also appeared in episodes of Buffy and Angel, playing Weatherby in Who Are You and This Year's Girl, and Sacrifice and Sanctuary on Angel. He also appeared in The Train Job. Shepard Book doesn't appear in this episode, making it the only episode in the series not to feature all nine protagonists. I didn't notice the slightly kind of weak explanation for him not being there like oh yeah you could have stayed with book on that retreat he had to go to that we didn't show because <laughs> he was obviously busy and we need we just need yeah. a quick way to write him out of this episode yeah it's like either he was busy or just like in watching the episode it's kind of like what would book have done mm. like what would his role have been because this is like a high this this episode basically like full-on heist movie right yeah. so i feel like he would have been on the sidelines kind of not doing much anyway. So maybe they just gave him the day off. <laughs> Entirely possible, yeah. Although his absence <laughs> does lead to one of the best lines in the episode, but we'll, we'll get to that when we're uh, going through the plot and everything. So starting uh, to talk about the plot, uh, the episode opens where we see Serenity heading to Ariel, a central world of the Union of Allied Planets. Anara is due for her annual companion physical exam and licence renewal. Chatting in the common room, the crew discuss what they might do while there, but Mao enters to announce that no one's leaving the ship in order to minimise their visibility in this highly monitored uh, bastion of the Alliance. Yeah, I do really love that opening scene, because it's just... Uh, I don't know how he does it, but Josh just has this way of writing those kind of casual conversations so brilliantly. Like, they're just they're talking nonsense, but, like, it it really feels like something that an actual group like a lot of times when you get those sort of just hanging out with the guys type scenes the conversation can seem quite forced but the banter and the chemistry is so good in that opening scene it really feels like a group of friends that have been through the freaking wars just relaxing in some downtime and yeah, as i mentioned a few minutes ago it features one of my favorite lines in possibly the whole show where like obviously jane's complaining because that's sort of basically his role in the group and he's like oh, i should have gone with uh 
you could have gone with book his retreat. He's like, yeah, you could have been, you, know, you could have been meditating in a sort of monastery. And he's like, yeah, but a beast just sitting here. And Wash just gives him this look like, that's what it is. Like, that's meditation. What do you think it is? Oh, so, so good. Yeah, I love that bit. And also, um, just Wash, like, really trying to get his wife to come on a nice romantic walk for, uh, with him. Yeah. She's just like, well, that sounds boring. Cause, you know, she's used to yeah. rough and toughing it around and a lot of action. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Jane is busy being 110% Jane. And when Jane makes some less than polite remarks about Simon, Rover just walks up and casually slashes him across the stomach with his massive carving knife. Jane knocks her out and River casually defends her attack by saying Jane looks better in red, which, uh, I mean, he kind of does, so you can't fault her, but <laughs> it's probably a little. Yeah, I like this because they, um, while he's like sorting all his weapons out at the table and he's like, they pay really close attention to like the knives and everything. And then obviously she comes over and slashes him because she's also paying very close attention to like what he's doing and like really assessing him. Mm. So then, uh, after that commotion, while Simon stitches Jane in the infirmary and attempts to apologize for River's actions, the mercenary refuses to listen and demands the doctor and his sister be left on aerial. Miles, um, squashes any, uh, talk of leaving people behind. But still, after Jane leaves, Mal tells Simon to keep River confined to her room at all times, only allowed out with Mal's permission, and warns him that he'll have to revisit their arrangement if she isn't kept under control. He then sympathetically notes that she is getting worse. Simon quietly acknowledges it. Another really great... Like, this episode opens really, really well. The first sort of two or three scenes are brilliant. I love the way, like, you know, uh, Jane's like, oh, God, get off the ship. She's freaking crazy. She's a danger. And Mal's like, relax. She's part of the crew. Like, I've said she can stay here. She can stay here. Just get out. And then the moment he leaves, he's like, dude, Simon, you've got to watch out for your sister, man. Like, we had a deal here and you're not holding up your end. What are you doing? It's like, he will absolutely defend his crew to anyone that even another member of his crew that sort of try to talk down to them. But it really he is a lot more worried than he seems. And it's, it's very well played by uh, Mr. Fillion. Mm, yeah, I'd say this is like a very Mal strong episode mm. the whole way through. I'm kind of like, wow, Mal's a badass and like, what a captain. That's <laughs> For real. Yeah, to like not be intimidated. Like he's not intimidated by the slightest, by Jane, who's like, you know, yeah. towers over him a little and is this big guy. So while the crew then kills time playing uh, horseshoes in the cargo hold, Wash and Jane lament the lack of work they've had in recent stops. Simon approaches them with a job, one that would pay out ten times over. His proposal? If they help him break into Ariel City's hospital so he can use the 3D neuroimager to analyse River's condition, he will show them how to raid the medical stores of the hospital for supplies that will net Serenity considerable wealth on the black market. Kaylee expresses unease at the idea of stealing medicine from patients that will need them, but Zoe states that Alliance resources will allow the government-run hospital to rapidly replace whatever they take within hours, which Simon affirms. Mao adds that people in the rim could really use the medicine. Was asks how Simon plans to break into a highly secure alliance facility and get around security. Around the mess hall table, Simon explains his plan. And then we get into the proper heist movie vibes. Yeah, I was like, that was like, I was also getting really weird, um, not Resident Evil, getting really weird kind of uh, Metal Gear Solid vibes from it. It was very like, okay, yeah, <laughs> this is our plan. Voiceovers, floodlights, breaking in. It was a really good, a lot of flashbacks to the good old days of Konami. Jane says an interesting thing, actually, uh, when they're talking about there being a lack of work. And he's like, oh, I don't think... Uh, he says something along the lines of, like, 
there's never a, a lack of work or something like that. And I do think um, that, that that's one of my things uh, when people are always like, there's not enough jobs around. I always think, oh, I think there's plenty of jobs around, but there's a lot of jobs that a lot of people don't want to do. Mm. And those jobs remain unfilled. Um, it's not necessarily a lack of jobs, but a, a lack of jobs that one might wish to do, which is probably similar to the verse here. Very much so, yeah. We'll have to wonder how many jobs there are out there that they could do that Mal doesn't want to do because it would involve crossing lines he's not comfortable crossing. For instance, yeah. I mean, we already saw in the train heist that the train job, sorry, that he was, you know, when he saw they were, he was willing to rob the alliance for those supplies. But when he, when he realized, realized they were medicine, he immediately gave them, gave them back. But now, because he knows this is a core world, they're free to take the medicine because he knows, you know, thanks to Zoe and Simon, that anything they take will be back within maybe an hour. No one's gonna kind of feel the impact of that loss. Whereas, you know, out in the, out in the black, there's every chance that one missed vial could mean you know, five, ten people die. So it's, it's interesting to see, like, Mal is not averse to stealing medicine. He's just averse to stealing medicine when it won't immediately be replaced and when the people that need it won't feel the loss. It's, it's, it's just very kind of a distillation of Mal's character in one moment. And then as we're um, around the table with Simon, I feel like it's a real moment for Simon because up until now, everything he's had, every kind of interaction, he's been very nervous. Mm. Like when he tried to take the lead before, very nervous, very shaky, uh, not confident at all. But with this, he's like very like, because it's, he needs to do this for River, right? And unless he explains everything clearly and takes the lead here, it's not going to get done right. So he's just, he's on it. Simon is on it in this episode. Yeah, very much so. I think the, the standouts for this episode are definitely Mal and Simon. They both have like their real moment to shine. And it's, it's great to see because I think this is the most, Simon has the most dialogue in this episode that he's has in any episode. Like, this is his moment to shine and he absolutely nails it. Speaking of, as Simon is presenting his plan in sort of epic heist-style voiceover, Jane is shown securing the identification, keycards and uniforms. Kaylee and Wash raid a local junkyard and find an ambulance shuttle in repairable condition. And Malzo and Jane struggle hilariously and ineptly to recite prepared medical assessments for their rushed entrance into the emergency ward. Meanwhile, Simon gently coaxes River into complying with his plan. I love that little kind of montage thing of them trying. It's classic sort of 80s style, getting a little bit better with everything. All it was missing was some inspirational power chords playing in the background. Them really trying to learn their lines. And it's just like, oh, you are, you are all so bad at this. But it's just hilarious. I love, um, yeah, Jane. If I'd wanted schooling, I'd have gone to school. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, um, peak Jane. Yeah, brilliant. But he looks like he's really trying, mm. you know, or is at least, you know, trying as best as he can. Yeah. And I think that um, Mal and Zoe are kind of getting this, like, newfound respect for Simon. Mm. And that, like, you know, he's not just, like, on the outside, some shiny doctor from, like, Central Planets. He's He he knows his stuff. He's a genius, right? He He's a very, very, very good doctor. And now them trying to learn just some of the words, they're like, damn, this is difficult. <laughs> Like he may not be very good at the, in the realms of, you know, shooting and looting, but in his element, he is really quite exceptional. Yeah. I wanted to know, um, I found when I was in the junkyard, I was like, I felt really like, um, 
out of it for a moment because it's like the only scene through the series so far where it's like really blatantly in a studio on with like screens in the back. Yeah. Yeah, and it felt re- I pushed me really out. I was just kind of like, oh, they're just kind of like in a junkyard studio. I was like, because up until then, I feel like they've done a really good job in like immersing you, even with like, you know, old style CGI and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like that was the first, the first shot where I was kind of like, oh, you can really tell it's in a studio. It is all a little bit of breaking. In, yeah, because when you're, when they're in the ship, because the ship is like real 99% of the time, they're in it and that's their set. It's, it's great because it's real. They're mm. really there. Um, and then when it's all like CGI in space, you're like, well, that's fine because, you know, that's all CG, but it looks fine. But yeah, this was the first moment where they're like on a set where you can like really tell it's not real. Yeah. It, I think it, it kind of bugs me. It's all just a little bit too clean. It's, it's, it's kind of very kind of artfully dirty, but you can tell it's not actual stuff that's been dumped. Like, do you ever do you remember a show from back in the 90s? I'm sure someone out there in the verse will remember called Scrap Heap Challenge. I was just going to say, you're going to say Scrap Heap Challenge. I am yes, going to say, it's it. one of the best shows. I really wish I'd bring it back. Basically, for those that out there that haven't seen it, because they're younger than 30, two teams of kind of five jobbers that think they can build things were dumped in a heavy air quotes scrap heap and tasked to build like a car or a boat or some kind of random contraption out of only things they could salvage from this scrap heap and then kind of bodge it together into a working machine brilliant series great concept but like they're like okay we've got to build a hot air balloon and they'd be looking through like wrecked cars and open up the boot and there'd be like this perfectly folded aircraft grade aluminum wrap that you could just happen to use for a sort of air balloon it's like this is just it's so obviously sort of all set up and planted to make sure there's all the bits they need to make whatever it is they have to make within this like oh yeah we've got to make a a crane and there'll be like 30 different kinds of hydraulic ram just to make sure they've got one that will fit their build and like that was just I could get ma- major flashbacks from that watching this scene because it's like yes that's obviously a scrappy but like everything's sorted into neat piles like oh yes here's a here's a big jar full of all the different hydraulic bits on it so that Kaylee can kind of pick through it and find the one she's like, oh look, look look what I found yeah and we need this and it's like of course you did it's it's right there in front of you and then they just happen to stumble across an almost entirely complete ambulance that just needs a coat of paint to get it working it's like in a show that's really kind of surprisingly down to earth for a sci-fi series it does really take you out of the feeling a bit when like it's all so clearly just been handed to them on a platter yeah i think this is the um the most far-fetched kind of bit of the funnily enough of the show that's set in space with space bandits and such um this is the most far-fetched because i'm like oh yeah look at that like a helicopter that's like basically it just happens to be there but it looks like it's got no parts in it and they're going to completely make this helicopter in what seems like through the montage a very short amount of time Mm. um i don't know if it's referenced like exactly how long they're actually parked on aerial while anara's off doing her thing but um Seems like it happens very quickly, and it's kind of like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, if, it was, if it was more than like two or three days, I'd be very surprised. Although River is terrified of another comatose trip, her brother calms her with the promise of a diagnosis that will help him dispel her nightmares. He then injects her and then himself with a drug designed to send the user into a death-like state. So obviously, this is scary for um, mm. River because this is how she came onto the ship, right? This is how. Uh, like, this is how he got her out of the first facility and into a safe place. And now it feels like he's taken her back into a not safe place. 
and she'll be in no control over it because she's going to be unconscious. Yeah, the kind of the not not quite just juxtaposition, but sort of the the symmetry of her escape against this. You you can tell why she would be a little bit upset by it, and like it's one of the rare times when you're like, you know, actually, River, you're probably right to be freaking out a little bit right now. I would be just as upset as you are in this situation. So you kind of you really have to feel for her there because. There's got to be some really bad memories associated with going to sleep and then waking up somewhere scary. And the um, the one line I like is uh, Simon says, the others will keep us safe. And then River's like, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, well, like, oh, she must know, like, that Jane's going to, like, cross them. Yeah, this is definitely a very prescient episode for River. She makes a lot of, like, she's always kind of, quite good at predicting what's going to happen next with this episode if it's like everything she says is a reference to something that's going to happen later on it's it's kind of freaky i suppose it's kind of a heightened emotional state it's making her powers more active or something but who knows as wash transports the team via the shuttle to the hospital mal voices concerns about how jane may handle himself with simon after what occurred with river Jane begrudgingly admits that Simon's plan is good and shrugs off revenge with a joke about giving the comatose Simon a tattoo. Once landed, Wash waits with the shuttle while the other EMTs rush into emergency with their victims. But as they start their prepared spiel, the admitting nurse absently directs them to the morgue. Mal and Zoe recover quickly with surprising ease to this hurdle. But Jane, unable to adapt as quickly, nearly ruins their smooth entry by spouting his now irrelevant line anyway. Such a good... Also, I would note, I'm only about 50% sure that was actually a joke when he was talking about giving Simon a tattoo. I wouldn't have at all been surprised if Simon had woken up with some new ink, possibly something rude tattooed on his forehead. But yeah, I just love that. Like, they've been, they've been practicing so hard. Like, all right, we're going to we're gonna get this right. We're going to memorize our lines. We're going to do this. And they walk into the hospital and then uh, the admitting nurse is just like, yeah, it's fine. Their bodies just put them in. I, I do not care. I have far, far more important things to worry about. Just get them out of here. And they're just like, oh, I wanted to say my line. It goes back to like the difference in their backgrounds. Like, uh, Mal and Zoe, they're, you know, they're military trains. They understand how to roll with the punches. Meanwhile, you know, Jane is just sort of a bit of a, a bit of a drifter. He's used to kind of doing what, whatever he feels like it's like ah you kind of see that like things aren't going to ban and so he just spouts his line because i've got to do my part so um then in the morgue mal starts the revival process for simon and river then departs with zoe for the medical vault unsupervised jane wanders off to make a uh, surreptitious call to an alliance officer who agrees to pay a previously arranged reward for the fugitives jane returns to the unconscious towns with the doctor's uniform and patient's gown I don't know, seeing someone like Jane, like, just so willingly call the police is kind of just like, really? But I think the, uh, the important part isn't that Jane called the police. The important part is when he hands them over, they're like, yes, you're now a very rich man. There's a lot of things Jane won't do. There's very little things Jane won't do for a massive stack of money. Are you aware of what River says when she sits up? And on, on the on the uh, subtitles, it said copper for a kiss, but it sounded like she said copper for hay or something like that. And I, I wasn't sure what um, if it was relevant to anything what she says when she sits up and says that to Jane. But uh, I thought I thought it was a uh, reference to the what's it called the Guy Fawkes, where they used like penny for the guy oh, okay. type thing. But um, yeah, 
So, dressed in the uniform, Simon now pushes River in a wheelchair towards the diagnostic ward with EMT Jane accompanying them. As they pass through the post-op ward, River insists that her brother helped man she believes is being killed by his doctor. When a code blue sounds, Simon dashes over to the patient, quickly assessing the problem, and revives the man with a defibrillator before stabilising him. Simon berates the doctor for the improper treatment before returning to the task at hand. River beams at her brother, and Jane looks quite impressed himself. He was not the only one. I was also suitably impressed by that. Like, up till now, we've seen Simon in a number of situations which he's either incredibly unsuited for or just mildly unsuited for. We haven't really seen him in his element, but now kind of striding through the ward like Dr. House, he's like, ah, oh, this person's had bad things done to them. We need to do this and it'll fix them because you're an idiot. It's like, you really kind of see what he's given up to save his sister. Like, he, he could have been running a hospital, that hospital by now. But he's kind of, he's not, because he's got to be on the run, because the Alliance suck, basically. Yeah, and River's, like, really, obviously feels bad for him, because it's her fault, essentially. Or that's at least how she feels, mm. that he's not there doing that. And you can see, like, how how proud she is of him, like, looking on and seeing him do his thing. Because he's really in his element. Mm. And, yeah, it's nice for him to have... um have moments but obviously it's very uh risky in their current situation <laughs> just a bit yeah just drawing attention to yourself isn't really the thing to do when you're in the middle of a heist yes <laughs> so uh meanwhile mal and zoe on their way to the supplies room are intercepted by a doctor who questions mal when the doctor starts uh into a tirade over what he feels is mal's insubordination zoe incapacitates the man with a jolt from a wall-mounted defibrillator they use one of the transport coffins to conceal the unconscious doctor en route to the medical vault. His keycard is used to enter the vault. Laying him out on the floor inside the vault, Mal and Zoe quickly collect everything they can find from Simon's uh, prepared list, storing it in the coffins. This is just a funny, <laughs> a lovely, funny little thing with them because it's like, I don't know, they're trying to be really sneaky, but they honestly don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's kind of all puffed up with his own self-importance like oh do you know who i am when i do this when i say jump you say how high and they're just like we don't even work here dude you're literally never gonna see us again after today leave <laughs> us alone please <laughs> in the diagnostic ward simon puts river under the 3d neuroimager and isolates the brain during the scan he discovers her brain has been surgically operated on several times to his utter horror according to simon her amygdala has been stripped disabling her ability to suppress her emotions she feels everything she can't not he paraphrases that this was a serious scene this was probably the biggest scene of the whole episode like you can skip out 90 percent of the rest of the episode but you absolutely have to watch this scene because this is where we really discover exactly like what's what's wrong in in air quotes with river like we we realize exactly what's going on with her and why she is the way she is and that, this is also the moment you can see that jane realizes he's screwed up and has decides he has to help these two when like when he realizes what has happened to river and why she is the way she is you can see he's just like oh man i feel really bad now <laughs> for fucking these guys over i should probably try and get them out and it's like it's a very important scene for River, very important for Jane, fairly important for Simon. In watching it, um, yeah, I don't know what the hundred percent if it's easy to tell because for me, I thought, oh, that's a turning point. He sees that she's really suffering and and regrets his decision, mm. and 
and quickly gets them out to try and evade the police that he's just called? Or is it that that was the original plan, was to get them out quicker, to take them to the police? Like, do you think he was trying to get get them out and he changed his mind? Or he was actually still leading them to the police? Because they obviously go straight to the police. Hmm. But I feel like on, on, when I originally watched it and then when I watched it again, I was like, oh, he's changing his mind. He's going to help them. But then, oh, no, he takes them straight to the police. Okay. <laughs> but, well, we have to assume they have every exit covered. He thought they were going to a particular point, but they had the whole... Yeah hospital circle so he probably thought he was taking them to safety and then got yep. screwed over twice <laughs> yeah because for someone like jane you see it like in his face like when when simon's talking about what they've done to her mm. um and he's like oh she's not just some crazy chick she's you know she's she's been traumatized by mm. by these people and he's about to hand them hand her back to them exactly and yeah that's you know maybe that's that's his line how mal's line is much uh further down for the things he's willing to do Mm. um that this is jane's line (laughs) handing someone not just over to the police to be like arrested but to be experimented on and have their skull cut open repeatedly again so then we see jane uh claiming a sudden change of plans uh he leads him away from the diagnostic ward to a rear entrance while he and simon argue river shrieks and starts to babble in fear the three are then stopped by federal marshals who arrest and handcuff Jane. Jane first thinks it's for show, but quickly learns that the Alliance officer plans to reward him not with cash, but with an arrest for aiding and abetting the fugitive siblings, keeping the reward money for himself. Who would have thought that would happen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my days. Top 10 all-time anime <laughs> betrayals. No, yeah, I mean, he can't have been surprised the Alliance turned out to screw him over. That is literally what the Alliance do. He is himself a fugitive. They... People in law enforcement don't hand reward money to fugitives. They arrest more fugitives and get more reward money for themselves. I like um, at the moment that that it's happening, like her brain goes crazy, like it lights up really red or whatever because she Mm. knows that they're coming and that shit's about to go bad. That was was a really nice little touch. You can see like her brain just absolutely goes into overdrive, like bad things are happening, get me out now. Yeah, and it's never one of those things that's like subtle, like it happens for like a split second Mm. and no one neither Simon nor Jane are like, oh my God, her brain's going crazy. Like, something bad must be happening. (laughs) Which a lot of other shows would do, you know? Yeah. While they're being arrested, Mal and Zoe return to the shuttle with the pharma... with the pharmacological loot, but soon realise that Jane and Tams are late. Kaylee discovers some unusual Alliance radio chatter, which Zoe recognises as code, suggesting the second team has been captured. The two war veterans head back into the hospital to rescue their people, directed by Kaylee's analysis of the hospital floor plan, and then Wash announces the arrival of reinforcements. Bum bum bum. I've got to say, like, the ships in this show tend to be quite sort of realistic looking. They look like they could be, like, advancements of the basic warship technology that's around now. But when the, the super slick, all black stealth cruiser arrived, it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> this, you can tell this is like the peak of the technology of this era. Like that is as good as ships get. Like that's when you know someone really dangerous has arrived. Yeah, and I like again the split of like, I think it's Wash, isn't it? It's like, you can't, what do you mean go back in there? You can't go back in there. Mm. Like, it kind of goes against everything um, Mal and Zoe are, like putting themselves in danger. Um, of of the alliance, yeah, and they're about to rush back in to save Simon Mao. Uh, sorry, Simon River 
and Jane. (laughs) 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 But, um, yeah. So, uh, as they're, who I just mentioned, as they're held in security substation, Simon thanks Jane for his struggle with the feds, unaware that his shipmate sold him out. Rivers babbling peeks the feds, who soon move uh, the captives to a holding area awaiting transfer to an unknown party. Handcuffed, Jane and Simon attack their escorts, managing to kill one and knock the other unconscious. As they argue which way to go, River announces that it doesn't matter. They're here. Back in the substation, the two blue-gloved men arrive to take the fugitives, the agents taken out by a mysterious sonic device. Within seconds, the feds are bleeding from every orifice and quickly collapse, dead. Unaffected by the device, the agents go to retrieve River themselves. Confession time. <clears throat> First time I watched this episode, I was much younger. And as they kind of, as they're getting everything ready, I was like, wow, their hands are blue. Are they, like, are they aliens? Are they, do they have some kind of genetic advancement? No, they're just wearing gloves. I don't know how I missed that the first time round. Like, they're clearly just wearing medical gloves. I don't know why I thought they were like space aliens with blue hands or something. But yeah. But they are very, I mean, we still have the question of, uh, like, who and what are they? Because they're like very, um, they have like seem to have like no emotion it's like are they people that have been experimented on like river has but they've had all of their feelings and like um guilt and whatever else taken out so that they can do stuff like this and also they've been obviously genetically or somehow enhanced to not be affected by this blue bar thing that kills everybody freaky sonic weapon i was wondering if they're kind of the original form of what turned out to be the operative in the movie like are they the absolute peak of alliance special forces kind of seems to fit with what they're doing but it yeah i'm not i seem to recall hearing that those two were actually added at fox's insistence like fox like we need to add some kind of visible enemy so just like fine i'll write in some creepy government agents yeah, I guess because, yeah, a lot of the time, obviously they only make a couple of appearances in the show. Um, a lot of the time they're just talking about being captured by the Alliance. Mm. And I mean, I'm quite happy to not have a visual representation of that. We know who they are. We know what they are. Indeed. Um, and then obviously for the, f- I was thinking to myself for the film, I was like, um, at the moment of watching this, I'm thinking, oh, that blue bar, it's not very easy to escape. Like they get in a room with you and like, if that activates before you get a chance to shoot them, like, Mao and his crew would be screwed fighting against this. Whereas yeah. fighting against a guy with a sword, like, at least, you know, there's a fight and it's more kind of entertaining. And he's a great character, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, yeah, they wouldn't have really carried over well into the into the film. So several rooms away, Jane and the Tams hear screaming uh, of all those men that are dying, and a terrified River runs in the direction opposite the security station. Jane and Simon follow River's flight until they reach a locked door. As Jane fruitlessly tries to open it, the lock is blasted from the other side by Mal and Zoe. By the time the blue gloves arrive, the group has already left. They made their swift escape. Yes, thank God. Always makes me laugh. They've got this super advanced high-tech guns, and he tries to shoot the door, and he's like, this is useless to me and freaking alliance everything they do is so kind of sanitized of course even their weapons would be sanitized yeah and then he just has to try and use the gun as a hammer because <laughs> everything is a hammer <laughs> everything is a hammer <laughs> i don't know i think with jane he has this look of like yay like mal and zoe are here but also oh, i'm about to get in the real shit if they realize what i've done yeah yeah and then that obviously carries through into the <laughs> into the end 
Inara returns to Serenity to find everyone but Kaylee absent. She gives Inara a summary of events just as the shuttle returns with all hands aboard. Simon raves about Jane's heroism during the escape. Mal tells Wash to leave the planet as soon as possible and has Jane stay to help him unload the new cargo. Once everyone has left the cargo hold, Mal suddenly bashes Jane unconscious with a wrench. I'm actually quite glad this happened straight away. It was very much like betrayal, rescue, sort of summation. Like... If they'd dragged it on for, like, two or three episodes, I think it could have gotten a bit... Like, with Jane being all kind of on edge and Mal being all like, I know, but I'm not going to hit you yet. It, it would have gotten old quite quickly. I'm quite glad it was just, like, straight away resolution before the end of the episode. Because it is something that definitely needs to be addressed ASAP. Yeah, and again, this is, comes back to my Mal is a badass type thing. Because mm. he's like, there's a situation he's dealing with and dealing with it. Exactly. Uh, he's like that with everything apart from the Inara situation. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got to have one weakness. <laughs> one weakness, Inara. Um, yeah, and then obviously the whole spiel that, like, Simon... Because obviously Simon's had a real distaste for Jane the entire time they've been on board, because Jane's not been very nice. Um, but for Simon to be standing there, like, singing his praises, and you can see how uncomfortable Jane is. And it's just like, oh, man. And I love the whole, through the whole thing as well, Mao is, like, giving that look, you know? Everybody yeah. else is, like, happy and blah, blah, blah. But Jane is, like, um, Mao is, like, yeah, 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 amazing. <laughs> like, what a hero type thing. Yeah, it's clear he's, like, <laughs> I know something you don't know. Yeah, yeah. but Jane, Jane's not quite kind of picked up on it. Shocker. Not quite, yeah. So, um Obviously, when he gets hit with a wrench, that's that's quite a quite a surprise to him. Mm. Um, and after said event, he wakes up to find himself in the uh, in the hold airlock with a radio on the floor and Mal holding another on the other side of the inner door. Mal cracks the outer door open to the quickly thinning atmosphere as the ship leaves Ariel. Mal states that Simon's plan was sound and there was no reason for them to run into trouble. They did, unless having no good reason to be around the back exit that Mal and Zoe found them at, it was Jane who'd called the feds. Jane fails to convince Mal of his innocence, and with the auto-warning that space is two minutes away, confesses that he betrayed Simon and River. He tries to justify that it was not Mal he wrongs, but Mal considers betrayal against any of his crew to be the same as betraying Mal, and as such, Jane has no place with them anymore. And seeing that Jane cannot seem to comprehend that, Mal turns to leave. When Jane asks Mal not to tell his shipmates the truth about his betrayal, showing that he does at least care about the memory he'd leave behind with the others, Mal relents and remotely closes the door, uh, the outer door. He warns Jane that if he does decide to betray Mal again, um, to at least have the guts to do it to his face, and leaves Jane stuck in the airlock. <laughs> and again, you know, Mal is a badass. He is, yeah. This is a great scene for both Mal and Jane. Like This was probably the... the two of the best performances those two characters have in the entirety of the series is that one scene. Like, it's both actors at their absolute peak. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, and I was also thinking it's funny because in that scene, <clears throat> obviously Jane, we're seeing, uh, through the pivotal end bit anyway, when he leaves the, the walkie-talkie on the, on, on the window, Jane we're only seeing through this little window, and Mal we're not really seeing at all. He's holding the, the thing kind of over his face, the portion that we can see, um, and I'm thinking what performance these guys are giving and we can't even like see either of them properly. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was very good. Uh, and I, I really do think that it's that all Jane's sort of 
protests that he, you know, he was did the right thing and it was just a mistake and yada, yada, yada. That all kind of falls on deaf ears. It's somehow, it's when he leaves and he's like, yeah, don't tell him about my betrayal. It's, it's that last kind of honest confession from Jane that really is what kind of thaws Mal's heart. He's like, I think he, it's that's when he really, really, really kind of understands that while he may show it in a strange way, Jane does care about the crew and he does care what they think about him. And I, I do think that if we'd had more of the show, this would have been the turning point where Jane starts to be less Jane going forwards. This would have been the point, would have been the start of his redemption arc. Kind of, this is rock bottom for him. And from here, the only way is up. Hopefully. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say something similar because if, if Jane cares that much about what the crew think about him, then it must mean that deep down he does care about the crew. Indeed. Um, so yeah, it, it would be nice to see him evolve a bit more and become more of a, a lovely member of the crew, even if he remains, um, stupid and, <laughs> and ape-like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's still gonna be Jane, but he'll hopefully be a slightly nicer Jane. Jane. <laughs> Just a Jane that won't betray people for money. Exactly. Hmm. The episode comes to a close with Simon visiting River in her room with a with a fairly scary looking syringe. She's coming in an illustration she made of a set of Matrioska dolls. She asks sadly, is it time to go to sleep again? As he prepares the injection, Simon takes her hand gently and responds hopefully, no, Maymay, it's time to wake up. Oh, it's so cute. Great last line. What, what a way to close the show. Dollhouse reference and a great one-liner. <laughs> Can't ask for more than that. Yeah, I think it's um, yeah, it's that it's that leading that exciting leading into like, oh, what will become of River if she's helped in a way that she can be stable and use these abilities like to be a badass member of this crew, you know? Mm. But yeah, I, I is the 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 Matryoshka dolls. Do we think that they're um kind of like a symbol of anything? Because that's kind of like uh finding like your inner self or like. If, like, her real self is, like, trapped somewhere within her and it's time for it to, like, wake up, you know? Yeah, because kind of the imagery of people, kind of people having other, like, other worlds stored within themselves. Like, everyone has something inside them that they can bring out when they have, like, Jane, I mean, on the outside, he's this horrible person. Then you go inside and, like, maybe he's a little bit better than you think. And you go inside and maybe actually he's a little bit worse than you think. But then deep in his core, Mm. he's actually quite nice. Like, everyone has layers, like an onion. Yeah. like an it's, onion. It's, it's harder to colour in an onion, so they made it a Matryoshka doll. <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, great episode, I think. Especially if you're into, like, heist things. Yeah, this is where I have to share a possibly slightly controversial opinion. I wouldn't say this was a bad episode, but I do think it was a bad episode for Firefly. Like, when I'm listing my favourite episodes, I would say this and Heart of Gold are probably right at the bottom like every other episode has some cool thing that makes it really stand out for me like you know you've got like uh you know, janestown with the mudders and you know cool songs you've got shindig which is just like an iconic episode the, the opening two-parter sets everything up like every episode has some part that makes you think like oh yeah that was great because of this and then you get ariel and like it's a great heist episode but i think in the grand scheme, like, if we'd had, you know, three or four seasons and we were looking back, 
this episode would very much be seen as a not not quite a filler episode but this wouldn't be held up as like one of the episodes where everything was different afterwards like it seeds a few plot lines but they never really like yeah this may have been the start of jane's redemption arc this may have been the start of river becoming kind of a more stable productive member of the team but because we have nothing we don't we don't don't really really see the end of those arcs it just feels like this is an episode where nothing really happens like there's some cool scenes there's some good lines but there's nothing like if i if i had to sit down and pick one episode of firefly to watch it would never be ariel i would only ever watch it as i was watching through the whole series yeah, I get what you mean in like in the grand scheme of things, rewatching Firefly as it is now, you could skip it and it wouldn't make any difference to the show. Like the show's arc. When I'm thinking of all the episodes like when I think of Firefly as a whole and I think of like key things, not necessarily episodes, but like key moments, I think like I guess um what's the name of the episode? Trash. With with Saffron comes back. That's one for me. But I feel like thinking of it now, having not watched the show for a couple of years, other than knowing in my head that it's like a job that Mal is helping Saffron with, I'm kind of like, I don't remember anything notable from that episode, from my memory. Whereas Ariel, I always think of because I'm like, oh, that's the episode with like Jane's big betrayal. So for me, like as a as a big point, I remember that point the same way I remember like, Oh, that time that Mal gets married. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, um, like big, big points like that. Oh, the time that the Tams get kidnapped. Yeah. Like, um, as a moment, as uh, not necessarily as an episode, but like just as an episode on its own to watch it, it's enjoyable. It's a good, you know, it's, it's not a bad episode of TV, right? That's the thing. Like I said, it's not a bad episode by, by any stretch of the imagination. Like, Mm. Even Firefly, at its absolute worst, is still two or three rungs above <laughs> the majority of other television out there. For sure, I just yeah. Feel like it, it's a solid episode, some good scenes, but I don't know. There's just it's not an episode I would ever think. Oh, I, I want to sit down and watch Ariel. And actually, now you mentioned it, yeah. Trash. I think is another episode that would go on that list. Like with such a limited number of episodes, it feels like every episode needs to have like a really amazing hook. And this episode just doesn't really have it. Like, like, yeah, Jane's big betrayal would be a big thing if there was really any fallout from it in any other episode. But really, if you just drop this episode, you wouldn't notice that there was his big betrayal because it's not referenced again in any other episode. There was no build up to it in the previous episodes, except the general build up of Jane being very Jane. And there's no, there's never really any fallout from it. Like Mal never treats him any differently after this because Mal being Mal, he's like, well, he screwed up, but he's, he's, you know, he's honestly sort of, um, sorry for doing it and he's trying to make amends. So I'll just, you know, let it go. I think on t- in terms of like, if I was going to sit down and watch an episode, it's going to be Jamestown or, um, I guess it used to be Al Mrs. Reynolds. I would watch that one a lot as well. Shindig. Love Shindig. And Shindig, yeah. And then, like, now we have the movie. Like, you know, if you just want a short burst of Firefly action, you can watch Serenity. Indeed. Great film. <laughs> it's nice how they keep... Um, I mean, again, I saw Serenity first, the movie. But going back and watching the show and watching the film again, like, it's nice how, in a film, they keep such a nice sense of, like... Um, like, it's really grounded. Yeah. Very much so. Like, I, um, I'm saying I saw the film first. 
and then went back and watched the series. And I saw the film and I really enjoyed it. I liked, you know, the, the Whedon-esque banter and there's some good fights and Truth LG4 is a fantastic antagonist. But then I went back and I watched the series and I watched the film again and I'm like, oh man, this hits so much harder now. This was so good. I love this film so much. I think Serenity... Uh, spoilers for anyone that's not watched Serenity yet, the movie. Um, <laughs> I'm watching it the first time without watching Firefly. Like, when you lose book, it's like, oh, okay, we just met him. I don't really know this guy. It's not really, like, a big deal. And then you lose uh, Wash, who you've watched in the whole film, and it's Alan Tudyk, and if you've seen him in other things, like, you know, Dodgeball and whatever, you're like, oh, that guy's great. And, like, oh, he's a really great character just from this film. He, he's this really great character. And you lose him, and you're, like, really gutted, like, when you lose Wash, like, even if you mm-hmm. never watched Firefly. And then you go back and you watch Firefly, and you really connect to these characters, and you come back and watch uh, Serenity, and you're like, oh, God, oh, no. Yep. <laughs> you're just like, oh, this is some, you know, person that they used to know who's, like, gone and settled here now, and... He seems very, like, old and wise, and he's, like, their conscience still kind of mm. thing. But but then you lose him so quickly, and you, like, feel bad, obviously, because they've, like, taken them in. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and then you learn of, of Shepherd Book. But um, So, favourite lines and stuff from this episode, anyway. I'd have to go with Zoe. Probably just, <laughs> it's not even a line, it's one word. <laughs> Zoe's clear. <laughs> because it's just, like, she's so great. That is, it's like the delivery is so good she's like uh, actually I had, I had a few from this one um washes it's all very sweet stealing from the rich and selling to the poor <laughs> come on wash <laughs> so good yeah then later on uh when simon's doing his big kind of you know, explaining the plan to everyone is me his big sort of heist monologue and simon for this plan to work river and i will have to be dead and then you see jane's ears perk up i'm starting to like this plan <laughs> come on jane just can you not be jane for five freaking minutes uh, and then as you get on on the same path uh when they're kind of flying in and you know they're sort of are you gonna be okay with simon etc when jane's like as long as i get paid i'm happy like a simple line but just the amount of foreshadowing in that line is phenomenal like he's it, watching this episode through a second third 17th time it's like you, you just realise what he's actually talking about there. It's like, oh man, that line, that line has layers. Yep. And then the last one is one of the most iconic lines right up there with my pretty, by my pretty floral bonnet, I will end you for me. Is uh, next time you stab me in the back, have the guts to do it to my face. Like, oh my God. That's yeah. such a mal line. Like, it's, everything about it was condensed into one line. Like, if you're going to betray me, you know, do it. Like, it's, it's a great kind of, uh, counterbalance to his, point earlier um, in like in the pilot i think when he's talking to simon and i'm like how do i know you won't shoot me in my back it's like if i shoot you in your back it'll be to your face like he gives yeah. everyone else that sort of respect like if he's going to kill you you'll be facing he'll be facing you and then like, he's all he's asking is for that respect to be returned and it upsets him when it isn't but yeah and i guess that's just like the loyalty and the the trust that you gain from being part of a squad i guess mm. in in like the military you know and like having someone like zoe yeah. who is so loyal and like the relationship between them and then he expects that from his whole crew you know he gives that to all of his crew yeah. same as giving it to simon and river who's you know joined and brought this whole load of trouble it's like he doesn't care they're his crew he won't get rid of them 
Because he's entered in this agreement and that agreement is that you trust each other and you don't do each other dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Damn you, Jane. (laughs) Don't sell him out to the freaking feds, Jane. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Next week, as the synopsis for next week's episode, is the Awesome War Stories. Fantastic episode. Angered at Zoe's unshakable war connection to Mal, Wash demands a shot at a field assignment. Unfortunately, he's terrible. And the crime lord Nishka chooses this moment to exact a brutal revenge for Mal's failure to complete an earlier job. Great episode. Yeah, because I feel like this is... Not only is it a good look for certain characters that haven't kind of shone yet, but it's also the, you know, a, a recurring character. Mm. It's putting us back to something that's happened before. Whereas a lot of the episodes, you can kind of, are kind of standalone yeah. and don't, don't necessarily refer to a previous episode or anything that's happened before. So yeah, it's, this is a very good it's episode. It's the spectre of continuity rearing its head for, I think, kind of the first time. We'll get onto War Stories next time. And, uh, thank you for listening. So we'll see you next time on Firefly Back in the Skies. Mm-hmm.